When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Arizona won again. Like, this is not something we could say last year or the year before. That, like, last year we could say Arizona won, Brett. Now we could say Arizona won again. They beat North Dakota State 31-28 in what was one of the most entertaining and fun football games I've ever been to. But, yeah, Arizona's 2-1. 2-1, and one. Two and one, man. I, I, you know, I could have show prepped and known when the last time we started a season two and one was, but you know, we've already almost hit the uh, 2019. Uh, yeah. That feels like it might've as well have been 1919 <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last three years. Um, yeah. A super fun game. Um, you know, especially more fun in retrospect when you know that you won the game. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the point, right? Like it's always fun when you win. It's less fun if you lose. <laughs> yeah. It's it like, uh, to the North Dakota State fans, it's like I really enjoy. I I I will enjoy watching their team play in future games when they're not playing Arizona, because I think they're a really fun team to watch. I think they're really good. I can finally say after the fact, knowing that Arizona won, Hunter Lepke is like maybe my new favorite college football player because that guy just Jeez, he was is great. amazing. Um, Which is why, of course, you wouldn't want to give him the ball on the biggest fourth down of the game because you know you don't want someone to be too good. That wouldn't have been fair. It's it's fun to watch somebody else's coach outthink themselves and not your own coach. <laughs> well, both coaches outthought themselves in the same game. Of course, Jed Fish brought Jamari Joyner in on a fourth down conversion early for the run hit Wildcat, or I guess the the us or the we, however they would call it. I don't know if they Mies. call it the Wildcat. <laughs> like, does Arizona call it the we? I think, think they call it the Mies. The Mies, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it was the type of game where we went into it thinking Arizona was going to win. We both predicted that to have happened. And we said, if they play a clean game, don't turn the ball over, their talent should win out. Defensively, Arizona hung in there. Offensively, Arizona had no excuse to ever get stopped. You know, the first drive, Josh Baker had another bad snap that ended the first drive. But for the most part, Arizona did whatever it wanted offensively. Jaden Delora was fantastic, I thought. His overall, his final stat line, 20 to 28, 229 yards, one passing touchdown, 58 yards on 10 carries with another rushing touchdown. It doesn't actually jump out at you other than the fact that he was terrific in this game, made good decisions, whether it was to throw the ball, whether it was to run when he was scrambling. He was accurate. And they don't win the game without Jaden Delora playing like that. Oh, but, no. you know, from what we expected, the receivers, Dorian Singer, Jacob Cowing, especially in the second half, Tanner McLaughlin was effective. T-Mac got one, had one catch, well, kind of had a second one that they just decided not to call a catch, even though replays show it looked like he had one. 
But these guys were open and Delora found them. So we expected that to happen. I'm not sure we anticipate Arizona's defense struggling as badly as they did. But having watched the game, it's easy to understand why they struggled as badly as they did. Yeah, but, but to, to the defense's credit, um, as the game you know, wore on, when just when you think that the whole the bison plan of wearing teams down and abusing them in the fourth quarter, that was when Arizona's defense stepped up the most, right? Yeah, they, they got true. they got back to back stops, you know, uh, a couple of times in the fourth quarter, and that's what gave Arizona a chance to win the game. And then they marched down and take the lead. If you make that uh, North Dakota State offense try to go the length of the field in a minute and a half with no timeouts, they're not going to get get there. And but it, they never even really got a chance, right? Right. Um, also, you know, one unsung hero of the game to some extent that I don't think you mentioned um, and really like has sneakily been one of Arizona's best players dating back to last, last season. Michael Wiley is just consistently getting in the end zone uh, in, a, in a shockingly quiet manner. <laughs> but that guy He's is taking like, a huge step forward. Yeah, he is. He is. It's it's very clear why um, you know in spring people are kind of going like Michael Wiley is like a nice player, but like is he the most talented guy in that room? Maybe not, but boy, he's he's just looked like a complete back. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. I went back and rewatched the game, and of course, uh, because it's Arizona football, there was another game running long, so I missed. Mm-hmm. It did not record the the bad snap, which I think you and I and every Arizona fan in that stadium and watching it on TV thought, oh no. We, we got the yips with Baker at center. And he settled um, in, fortunately. Yeah. But like to your point, like, you know, we talked about the clean game. And aside from that snap, it was a pretty darn flawless game. And I, it, it, that starts and ends. Well, it starts with Josh Baker, but it really it starts and ends with Jaden Delora making the smart decisions and just taking what the defense gave him. And when he's doing that, boy, it's, it's, it's tough to stop this Arizona offense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one of the things, too, was we knew this season was very much going to be a lot of growth and you would like to think that Arizona in late September, you know, by the time we see them in late October and hopefully late November is going to be a much better team, but from week to week, how much better are they? Now, can we take a lot from Mississippi state to North Dakota state and North Dakota state is good. There is a drop in talent level in that game, but last week, Arizona Delora had his best game, I think, as a Wildcat because he ran the ball. So that was a big topic of conversation of, yeah, scrambling is great. When there's six, seven, eight yards in front of you, take it rather than force the ball downfield. But at the same time, he did a good job of keeping his head up. The game-winning pass to Jacob Cowing, perfect example. He probably could have run for three or four yards, but he had his guy running free in the back of the end zone, throws him a perfect ball for the game-winning touchdown. But Arizona got so many guys involved. Dorian Singer led the team with six catches. You know, McLaughlin had four catches. Even in the running game, Wiley had nine carries. Speedy Luke had a long run in this game, a 28-yard run that got him in the scoring position, set up a touchdown. Jonah Coleman, a true, another true freshman, was running over guys, running over, through, and bouncing off of guys. You know, had 32 yards and a touchdown on six carries. So just Arizona, if we can take a lot from this game, then, oh, this is going to be a fun season. You know, because the freshmen were doing this. You and T-Mac, he only had the one catch. It was, I think, a third and six where he went up over the defender where Delores like, I, you know, you have the one-on-one coverage, kind of like not a comeback route, but just turn around, leap over him, make the catch over the defender, and he did it, got his feet down. The one at the end of the first half where Jed Fish said he doesn't know if he would have gone for the field goal or the touchdown <laughs> if that had been ruled a catch. I've watched that a few times on the replay too, but it looked like a catch. Like how catch. that didn't get reviewed, I have no idea because there was clearly an angle that shows it being a catch. But regardless, like 
Arizona looked as a team like it took a step forward. Hunter Eccles was getting in the backfield more. He had his best game with Arizona. Had the sack that led to a huge fumble, right? Jerry Roberts was excellent once again. Jalen Harris was disruptive. Keon Bars looks a little bit more healthy as he gets back. Arizona was better in game three than it was in game one. Certainly better than it was in game two. Now that might be opponent dictating it. So the question is, how much of this was actual improvement or how much it was just maybe a slight downgrade in opponent. If it's the former, then this is going to be a really fun season. One, I think you got to parse out downgrade an opponent because there's some NFL guys on that North Dakota State roster, right? Uh, and sure. They're re- and they're really good at what they do. I wouldn't be shocked and, if they're better than San Diego State, but I don't think yeah. they're as good as Mississippi State. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, well, one of those guys you, uh, that you, you saw growth even during the game from, you know, on the defensive side, especially. And, but even with like Jacob Cowing, where I think he was shut out of catches in the first half and they found a way to get him. I think he had five catches. Mm-hmm. But on the defensive side, when Arizona was getting run over in the first half a bit, they kind of buckled down as it as the game wore on. Look at look at the, the, the experience that was gained at the pretty good performance, the disruptive performance of even true freshman Jacob Manu. Right. Yeah. You know, kind of undersized, especially against that, you know, that power run game, uh, especially as a true freshman. But towards the end of the game, that guy was, you know, getting his nose in there and and and, and helping gang tackle and disrupt some of what the four total the, tackles. But he was he was pretty much in on every play. Yeah. I mean, the the, the way the way Arizona got those, you can't stop, a, you know, the Bison running game by just having one guy make a play. <laughs> Right. Um, you need to gang tackle, you need to occupy blockers, you need to, everybody needs to, you know, contribute. Um, you know, so seeing his development, like shoot, the Cerebite guys, you know, if he's if he's already playing and contributing against a decent a, a decent team as a true freshman in game three, I think we're four for four with you know, Fafita, <laughs> T Mac, Keon Burnett, who hasn't even made much of an impact yet, but I think that's more because Tanner McLaughlin looked like a revelation at the tight end spot. Um you know, but if Jacob Manu as a true freshman is in there contributing there and getting that that valuable experience, it's only going to help this team heading into conference play. Yeah, and I think that's the question as Arizona, of course, their next game is going to Cal, but how much has Arizona grown and how much growth is there left to to grow? <laughs> because there's so much youth on this team. And of course, Dolores just played three games with these receivers, with Jacob Cowan, with Dorian Singer, with T-Mac, with Anthony Simpson conceivably there should be growth ahead of them. There should be better football ahead of this team. And what we're starting to see too, like you mentioned the coaching adjustments, getting Cowing involved now is that I don't know enough to look at was Arizona deploying him differently? Was North Dakota State covering him differently? What were they doing? But they got their best player involved in the game. Yeah. He made some big catches, especially there was the the fourth and what? Fourth and two where Delora audibled out of whatever play was there and threw to Cowing. Like that's just, there's a players making the decisions and making the plays. And you just kind of see that growth where you're starting to think like, hey, like the coaching staff knows what it's doing. They can make those adjustments to get their guys involved because they finally have guys who can make these plays. And that was a big unknown going into this season. And it's only been three games. Sure. But the question was, how much would the conceivably like what we thought was the upgrade in talent change the coaching or the way the coaches looked? I don't think Jed Fish is a different coach, but he's probably grown. And as he learns his quarterback and learns his skill guys, his receivers, his running backs, how much does this offense change? And same thing with Johnny Nansen. It's his first year with his team. As he learns what these guys can do, if Hunter Eccles is legitimately a good pass rusher, he's got a couple sacks in three games. Like If he can keep doing that, your defense, what you're able to do changes You know how you call the game and what types of things you deploy. So 
it's only three games, but it certainly seems like the I'll relate it to basketball last season, men's basketball, where you didn't really know what you had. You thought, okay, there's some intriguing stuff here, but let's see it on the court. And once you saw the court, like, wow, what's the ceiling for this team? Football doesn't have that kind of ceiling. Don't worry. I'm not predicting Arizona's <laughs> going to win the Pac-12 South or anything of the sort. But it seems like a lot of the, if they can do this, if this guy took a step forward, if this guy's as good as advertised, Arizona could be pretty solid. It seems like every one of those ifs through three games has been like, they are that. Yeah, they're being confirmed as being that good or that ready to play, which changes the entire ceiling, changes the floor for this team. And I think we can say that three games in. Yeah, you know, in terms of the the room for growth or the grow, how much room to grow for growth, as I believe you <laughs> phrased it so elegantly. Thanks for and, that call back. Appreciate that. You know, you know, like, you know, it's a, not to circle, keep circling back to it, but look, Jaden Dolores, that was just his third game with his head coach. That's also the play caller and essentially the de facto quarterbacks coach, even though Doherty's on the roster, right? You know, like that's, that is Jed Fish's shtick right is the quarterbacks guy he was a quarterbacks coach for the patriots before he took this head coaching job and their relationship is still relatively new right um and you're seeing if you know if you're seeing Jaden delora take that coaching and put it into practice and you're seeing you know i, I in the rewatch of the game on tv you could see there was a lot of dialogue between Jaden delora and coach fish which mm-hmm. you know it's not just fish you know dictating in one direction or Jaden Delora, you know, sitting and sitting quietly and taking it, you know, if there's a relationship developing there, you know, there's, there's a lot that can come of that, of that relationship where they understand each other even better and even can learn from each other in terms of what this offense can be. Well, just think of from week from Mississippi state today, the whole talk was he needs to run more and he did it perfectly against North Dakota state in one yeah, week. And, I mean, well, even look at uh, Jonah Coleman, there were in the rewatch of that game, I was like, oh man, there were some cutbacks that he missed. Uh, and like, you could see him make a couple of those in this game. Like, you, like, they're, you could see them learning. Oh my God, they're organized. <laughs> like, the light bulb um, was starting to flicker for some of these guys. Not that it was ever off, but like that growth. Well, and, and, and the exciting thing is that if, if all, I think you could make an argument at, if not all the position groups, you're seeing that growth game to game and building off the prior experience and learning how to operate within the system and with it with with each other um if you're seeing that collectively at all these position groups you know then you really don't know what the ceiling is because when that you know the game of football everything if you have one position group that is just like a complete you know vacuum like think back a couple years when arizona was starting like a true freshman walk on middle linebacker because they were all hurt like all seven guys good times good times you know and teams were just gonna be like all right well we're gonna run right at that guy every time um and just you know offense can play off of defense and vice versa with field position and you know time of possession and things like that and if all of those things are moving and developing and growing together it's it it, you know the potential is kind of unknown but in a positive way that we haven't gotten to experience in a while uh and that makes me very excited as we enter pac-12 play yeah it's easy to sound optimistic and i don't think either of us are saying, like I said, Arizona's going to win the Pac-12 South or win the Pac-12, but there is legitimate reason to think that they could contend for a bowl game if they take care of business. Now, what does that mean? Because how does a team that's won now three games over the last like two years have take care of business? Who are you supposed to beat? Well, on the schedule this year, Colorado, for sure. But Arizona's next opponent, Cal, also might fit into that category. The Bears, of course, were Arizona's lone win last season, but a lot of people want to put an asterisk next to that one. Brett, let's let's get into the Cal game. 
with guest Rob Huang of Right for Cal after the break. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0, and we are joined by Rob Huang, who's a writer for Right for Cal. He covers the Cal Golden Bears, Arizona's opponent, this Saturday. Rob, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys, for uh, for having me on. Yeah, so we want to talk to you. Of course, this is a. I guess every game is a big game for Arizona. They're two and one right now, right? Arizona has bull hopes, and they're playing the team. I guess the only team in the country that has experienced a loss to Arizona over the last prior to this season, over the last couple of years in Cal. I know it's a game that a lot of Arizona fans are thinking the Wildcats can win, but Cal is a tough team. I'm sure they were competitive against Notre Dame last week. Just how's Cal's season gone so far? What have you seen from them? I mean, the biggest thing is we're replacing, I think, close to over 60% of offensive production. Um, so you know that there there were going to be some growing pains there. Um, the offensive line has, well, if you count Ben Coleman moving positions across the line, that's your, you're essentially changing four guys on the line as well. The only carryover is uh, center Matt Sindrick. So there's a lot of growing pains that are happening right now. Um, the, the offense still hasn't found an identity. There have been some guys that you notice that have been outstanding uh, over the last few weeks. Case in point is true freshman running back Jaden Knott, who won freshman of the year in the or freshman of the week uh, in the conference, both in week one and in week two. So there are some optimistic points uh, on the offense. Defensively, I think the Bears have been the exact same as as you ex- ex- expect right. under Justin Wilcox. Um, I I believe I was I was talking to Yogi Roth when he visited, uh, and he was like, I he said that this might be the the unit that's most not talked about across the conference. And I think, you know, it's, it's starting to show that I think this front seven in particular might be the third or fourth best unit uh, in the conference itself as well. So yeah. And arguably the most talented one Justin Wilcox has had during his tenure here. So it's, they're only going to get better um, and particularly against the opponents that they've seen um, regularly over the last few years, definitely will help um, in their preparation and, ultimately how they play out the games. So one of those, uh, the new faces on Cal, you know, there's going to be a lot of new faces after so many guys set out last year against Arizona due to COVID restrictions. But one of them that was just not on the roster last year that is a familiar name to Arizona fans is the quarterback of last name Plummer. Uh, I believe uh, by way of Purdue, it is uh, Will Plummer's brother, Jack Plummer. How's he looked so far for Cal at the quarterback spot? I mean, Jack's been exactly as what we expected him to be. Um, a drastic difference in terms of play style to Chase Garbers. Guy who sits in the pocket, um, is willing to sit there, step up, wait for his plays to develop, always keeping his eyes downfield. You know, there's moments in the first three games alone where you look and Garbers probably would have taken off and maybe gotten you 8 to 12 yards on a on a scramble play versus Jack sitting there, stepping up or shifting himself in the pocket and throwing out the ball to, you know, just deeper plays develop, and that ends up getting you 15 to 20 yards instead. So that's kind of what we expected from him looking at the tape from Purdue, and that's exactly what he's what he's done so far. And he's also shown off some sneaky athleticism. Um, there's been a couple of runs and a couple of jukes that he's done on scrambles that I didn't think he had in him. Uh, and we asked him about that after week one where he juked out a middle linebacker, and he said at, at, at a certain point I, I, he was just playing football. Um, that's what he said is so yeah the guys he's 
exactly what we want in this offense with Bill Musgraves, the guy who can make all the throws across the field, sits in the pocket, waits for his guys to de- uh, develop down the field, and is building that repertoire with a very, very young group of wide receivers. I wonder, speaking of Plummer there, because it sounds very similar to what Arizona fans have seen with Jaden Delora, where... You know, you had an offense last season that wasn't quite what it could be because of deficiencies or at least different styles of play at quarterback. Arizona gets Delora in, and it's like, oh, wow, they can actually score points. Jed Fish maybe knows what he's doing. How has Plummer's arrival and the way his play kind of changed what Cal can do? Because I know last year when these two teams played, it wasn't even Garbers, but how has you know Jack Plummer changed the way Cal looks offensively? Yeah, I think um, when you look at the play calling, it's definitely a lot more varied. They're a lot... I think Bill's less hesitant to open up the playbook. Um, he is a willing to throw deep off, you know, just out of the gate. He's willing to, you know, run play action a lot more, give him bootlegs, give him passes on the run, um, play the short passes. And that goes both ways, not just with the quarterback, but also with the wide receivers. I think the talent level and the athleticism at the wideout spots has the floor has gotten higher, um, so you're able to just throw out to guys, get them in space, and hopefully they can make the first guy miss, and you just see him get the yards after catch. If you've watched our first three games, it's definitely clear um, that they're trying to get the balls, the ball into the playmaker's hands. And, of course, Jack's been proficient in knowing where to go with the ball. His decision-making, I think, is the one thing that um, – isn't really talked about. Um, he knows where his reads are. He knows where his checkdowns are and he makes them quick enough. Um, like he, there's one play, I think it was, t- uh, was it UNLV or was it Davis? Um, where he, he sits in the pocket, he steps up cause the pocket slightly collapses, but instead of taking off for three, he looks to his left and then looks back to his right. And you see Monroe young making essentially a wheel route um, and he waits for him to get past the corner right before the safety is about to roll over and he makes that dart pass to the sideline um, that gets him I think like close to 20 yards or something like that so just uh, knowing what the play is going to be and where he has to be looking um, has been a significant upgrade to this offense. Yeah, you mentioned his ability to find receivers. I'm looking at Cal's stats page, and it really reminds me of Arizona's, where the receivers, you know, you got Jeremiah Hunter with 16 catches, then Sturdivant with 14, and then Anderson with 11, and then Latu with 6, and then 7. It goes down the list where he spreads the ball around. Mm-hmm. And with Arizona, we say, well, these there's talent there. They just need a quarterback to get them the ball. Is that the case with Cal? Is there maybe some unlocked or underrated offensive skill position talent that just needed a quarterback who could find them? Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, if you look at the roster compared to last year, there's a drastic change at the skill position. Um, the two tight ends that you see now in Terry and Latu barely played last year because they had guys who were seniors, and I think the staff wanted to go with a little bit more experience. Same thing with the wide receivers. A lot of the guys that you see now barely played last season. And also, as I said, the talent floor has increased. Jeremiah Hunter, a, a three star but you know in some recruiting services had him at a four star especially with his size j michael sturdivant a consensus four-star guy who had offers from the likes of oklahoma when lincoln riley was there um and lsu and a couple of other um blue blood programs um and then maven anderson also a consensus four-star guy so you're getting this talent in and they're still only freshmen sophomore jeremiah is the only one that's a that's a junior but um, that's where you start to see some of the yards after catch, some of the 
the diving athleticism that you see um, beating guys. And I think the most evident thing is if you go back and watch some of the deeper pass plays develop, the separation that they get, um, whether it's coming out of their breaks or just purely because they're faster um, than the corner that's covering them, super evident on screen. So one of the skill position players you've already mentioned that's a talent upgrade as a a freshman is Jaden Ott. He was, Mm -hmm. I believe, a four-star recruit coming out of high school and he's yeah. as you mentioned been pac 12 uh freshman of the year on off or of the week a couple times already so far does it a few more times he'll probably be freshman of the yeah. year though. yeah exactly. <laughs> he wins um, freshman of the week every week he'll probably get the award for the year safe safe bet um yeah. but i guess i guess my question for you rob is like what what kind of a player is he and what is arizona's defense gonna uh face with him is he more of a power runner speed guy some kind of balance uh what what can we expect from him so i mean the the story with him i mean we we say he's a four-star, but he was originally rated as a five-star running back. Um, and I think it's because towards the end of his high school career, he moved around a couple of times uh, with high schools, which is, I think, probably what led to his his downgrade to the four. So the athleticism of a five-star quarterback or a five-star running back is clearly there. Um, his style, he does everything for us. Um, he, he was the third running back on the depth chart, and then he explodes for over 100 yards in his first game. Um, and and then he continues that in game two. Going into Notre Dame, we were like, he's probably going to get the most touches, but he was still listed as the third running back on the depth chart. This Arizona week is the first week where he's listed as the number one running back. So it's clear that they the coaching staff is like, all right, we tried to hold him back, but he's too good, and we're just going to have to feed the ball to him. They've run him in a variety of ways. They've run him between the tackles. They've had him run outside. They've had they've had him just uh, even on they've well, motioned him out wide and run him at as just a, a go route receiver. Um, they've passed to him out of out of the backfield. They give him they've given him a running back screen. So clearly they're trying to get the ball in his hands in any way, shape, or form. And he's he's kind of that guy. At least for Cal fans we haven't had that type of athleticism and speed at the running back position over the last few years. And this is kind of the guy that when he gets the ball in his hands, your butt kind of comes off your seat just to see what he could do. If you just go back and watch the highlight reels from um, UNLV and, and the Davis game, like he's making guys miss, he's dancing, like he's doing, you know, side jukes, back steps, and just um, getting, you think he's going to get tackled for a three yard loss and then he makes it a four yard gain. Um, so he's, he's just that type of guy. Um, and that's probably why you're going to be looking at for number six on offense quite often. So moving to the other side of the ball, I think, you know, most people have seen enough Justin Wilcox teams to know that defense is where he's going to make his, uh, his bones. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, what, what is, uh, what is Cal trying to do on defense and, you know, what, what in your perspective is like the strengths or weaknesses of that defense, especially relative to where Arizona strengths are on offense. I think this is where the matchup becomes really interesting for me because um, McMillan and Cowling look absolutely stellar. And so, and we have the defensive backfield has been the strength of Justin Wilcox's teams for so many years now. And, you know, you have a true sophomore in Lou Maggio Hearns who took the job from a former four-star cornerback last year. And he's become the guy uh, from the defensive backfield. You also have all-conference pick uh, Daniel Scott at safety. You also have Craig Woodson sitting next to him, who's probably the best ball hawk I've seen um, out of the defensive backs over the last few years. And 
uh, the point I always make is if your last name is Woodson and you're playing defensive back, you have a lot to live up to. <laughs> All right. And so, um, and he's, he's that guy. He, he had an ACL injury during fall camp last year and he looked amazing in fall camp last year. And he comes back and wins the starting job. And his first interception is a pick six against Davis. So of his career. So he's definitely that guy. So that, that matchup when that defensive backfield is going to be a big test just to see if this, we call it the takers 2.0 is what this current group is. The takers original are all in the NFL now. So this is the 2.0 version. Can they keep up against some of the high powered offenses that we're going to see in the conference, Arizona being one of them, particularly this year. Um, and that'll be, that'll be the huge test in terms of the front seven, they're good in coverage. They're pretty good in the run game, but the front, the defensive line against the run is probably where we're the weakest. Um, you look at the yards per carry um, by opponents against us, and it's not the greatest. You, there is, you know, you can play a little bit with the numbers. Like if you remove a couple of the thirty-yard runs, uh, that thirty-yard run for a touchdown, and the sixty-yard run against uh, Davis for a touchdown the yards per carry definitely does drop a little bit more to more amicable number. Um, but judging just from the eye test alone, it doesn't look like that's going to be a, a place where we're going to win some battles this year it, it, or unless they miraculously turn it around. But that's probably where I would assume Arizona starts to attack a little bit, um, just pushing the line and then maybe getting a little bit of tempo in there and just getting the, the defensive line a little gassed. We are also a little thin with the loss of Brett Johnson uh, right before the season started too. So that's probably where I would, I would assume um, coach fish looking to, to take advantage of. Now you mentioned like we're talking about these, these teams are three games into the season. And I know Cal had a really competitive game against Notre Dame last week for a while. It looked like Cal was going to win that game, but that's, you know, no matter how good or bad Notre Dame might be, that's a tough place to win. Right. I guess. Yeah. So that's an impressive game. Of course, the first two UC Davis, UNLV, those wins, a lot of people might look at it and say, OK, so what? And I'm wondering, yeah. you know, for like for Arizona fans, for instance, to say, oh, they won at San Diego State. That's a solid win. They beat North Dakota State last weekend. That's a solid win. I think Arizona fans are more confident that, OK, they they can play a little bit. What's the feeling on Cal? Because, yeah, the stats don't look that bad, but the schedule outside of Notre Dame doesn't look that difficult. And of course, Notre Dame's the one loss. Yeah, I, so this is where the fan base actually splits in half. There's the fan base. There's the side of the fan base that are like, all right, we're still winning. Like, we're not losing these games, and we're staying competitive. Probably under Sonny Dykes, we probably would have lost a lot of those games and not been competitive. So, like, let's at least – we're okay with that. Let's set that as a foundation. The other half is they're just as upset about the way we won – um, as much as the fact that if we if we lose to a team we're not supposed to to lose to, so like the margin of error between a victory and a loss is still so thin. Despite Justin Wilcox being here for six years, that's where I think people are starting to get a little bit more up. Um, just uh, I think the can't think of the right word, but disgruntled might be the, the the word I can think of here that that fits. Um, they it's you would think that the 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 margin of victory has to grow, right? Like you can't, you can't be beating uh, what's it UNLV on a game winning drive for UNLV because of an interception. Like you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have 
games that close. Like you should be blowing them out early on. Like you scored against UNLV pretty early in the game. And then it just, the offense just simply died. And then they, they said, you know what defense, you're the best unit on this team. Go win it for us. You're going to, you're all, you're going to win some of those games, but you're also going to lose a lot. Like case in point is last year, right? The bears lost. The bears had five games under a single score and they lost all five. Relatable. (laughs) <laughs> that, that that in itself that's not what you what you should be expecting from a fifth year head coach with its second OC like that's not it's something that needs to grow and I think that's where Cal fans get a little bit more upset of of like coach always tells the media like it's it's hard to win in division one football like it's hard to win in any collegiate sport so I think the the rebuttal fans are saying, well, then why aren't you winning big when you can win big? You know? So, so in in terms of that, I'm curious to know the the Cal perspective. You know, they, the, you know, Wilcox has been around. There's that angst of expectations of games you should win and how you should win. Uh, and Arizona is obviously a program that is in a different place through three games than they have been the last two years. What's the Cal? fan perspective heading into this game are they expecting to win or are they expecting a good matchup i think we were expecting to win prior to the season starting <laughs> but <laughs> fair <laughs> but after the season started i think that it, it totally becomes a it's a brand new equation now um like we were talking on our podcast about how we could start the season before the the bye week um and we were like you know what like we thought maybe Colorado was a, was, or not Colorado, Washington state was going to be a, a competitive game that Arizona might be a, a win there. But looking at it now, like, you know, I was talking to the SB nation site for Arizona. I, I could see the game going so many different routes. Um, and I just looking at the history between Arizona and, and Cal's games over the last, what, six years or so it's, it's not been fun games, nor has it been really one-sided games either. It's come down to the wire every single time, and Arizona's happened to win it every single time too. So, I think that's the that's the Cal fandom right now is they wouldn't be surprised if they lost, and in the fashion that of how we've been winning games, they're going to be just as upset about that too. So, it's a lot. It's a it's not a win win situation here. It's definitely a lose lose situation. What a what a rough place to be. I wonder too, though. Kind of alluded to it. Arizona's one win last season was against Cal, or at least some yeah. some version of Cal. <laughs> and yeah, we know Cal was pretty depleted. People don't like to mention how Arizona was on their third string quarterback and was missing a bunch of guys too. Whatever. It was an ugly game that Arizona won. Has that been even part of the conversation this week for Cal? Because like, obviously, there's a lot of oh. different players on both teams, but that yeah, game yeah. technically happened. I think uh, from what I understand, there are some guys on the roster that not necessarily have this game circled, but is like a this is this needs to be the makeup game. Like that's not who we are last year. Um, like the funniest story I know from last year's game is they had to fly in a former offensive lineman to coach the offensive line because our offensive line coach couldn't make the game. <laughs> he did a bang just, up job. <laughs> yeah. He's just a, he, I think he's a trainer out in uh, Southern California. So they had to like get a waiver and then fly him out um, so that he could, so that they had an offensive line coach. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's kind of the thought process for some of those guys is they, they weren't able to play in that game. And, it, you know, I, I don't know how Arizona fans think of it, but for us, like I think it's it, it was an embarrassing loss to lose like that, despite having 
are, you know, what, 2.5s uh, on the <laughs> on the field. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely one of those games of uh, we need to make up for, for last year. Yeah, I think, I mean, for Arizona, that was, it was a, it was a blast for Cal. I'm sure yeah. it was one of the more frustrating afternoons knowing that, you know, with a full healthy roster, who knows what would have happened in that game. But of course, 10 to three was the most thrilling 10 to three game that Arizona Penns had ever seen. <laughs> this game figures to be different, figures to be a little bit more high scoring. I think from both sides, there's better offenses heading into this one at Cal. Rob Huang here, before we let you go, would love to get your prediction for this one because you know, I think Arizona fans look at this and say Cal never has a good offense. They have a solid defense. Arizona has a good offense, maybe a solid defense. Something's got to give. How do you see this one playing out? So I don't know if you guys are familiar, but under Wilcox, the Cal fandom has uh, created this rule called the rule of 21. The first team to get to 21 in Justin Wilcox head coach football game has won except for one game. <laughs> <laughs> the first team to get to 21. So that's ultimately what it's going to come down to, in my opinion, just because Arizona's offense is explosive, how much they can rely on the Cal defense to keep them under wraps is going to be a a very big factor as we, as I talked about earlier. So my prediction here, I'm giving a different prediction for every single like thing that people has asked me so far this week too. So (laughs) I'm going to go with a totally different one here. I think Arizona pulls this one out. I think the score probably gets to be 35-24. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, we, we had guests on before, too, where I think our first guest against San Diego State was, like, everywhere who's going, the prediction was changing just a little bit. We're like, the longer we get, the longer we wait before this game, maybe you'll have it go completely the other direction. So we get it. We understand how that can happen. Yeah, so. I mean, if you ask me that uh, on fr- if you ask me this on Friday, I'm, I'm in like hype game mode, so I'm just gonna say we're gonna dro- drop fifty on Arizona. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm still the realist right now. It's only Wednesday, so we'll, that's that's kind of where we're at. So if we talk to Friday, Rob. It'll be a different story. Saturday, Rob probably wouldn't be coherent, right? But yeah, Wednesday, I'm proud is... in my tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Huang, editor, right for Cal. You can find him on Twitter at Rob. 1-1-H-W-A-N-G. That's how you find them. We appreciate the time, and I guess we'll hope for your Wednesday score as opposed to your most likely Friday score, right? Can we can we agree on that here on Wildcat Radio 2.0? Yeah, for you guys, definitely. <laughs> All right, Rob. We appreciate the time, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts on this really interesting game against Cal. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks again to Rob Huang for giving us that insight into Cal because, Fred, I'll be honest, going into that interview and really going into this game, my impression of Cal was not based off of what happened last season. We know that wasn't exactly (laughs) Cal. We know they have Jack Bummer. But Justin Wilcox's offense is a very – they're not really known for being high scoring, right? You don't worry about Cal offensively. And I know they scored 34 against UC Davis, only 20 against UNLV, 17 against Notre Dame. So they haven't been exactly high-flying this season. But it certainly sounds like there's some parallels to Arizona in so much that steady quarterback allows for the skill position talent to kind of shine. And if that's the case, if we see it with Arizona, we could probably see it with Cal too. Well, and I think there's even some more parallels though there with some of the the skill position upgrades that Cal's seen uh, mm-hmm. that Rob was talking about. Um, you know, Arizona has quickly learned what you know upgrading talent there can can do uh, for an offense. But you know, the, yeah, who knew? The thing that's interesting with me with Cal is just like 
you know, which team is going to show up, like the one that was competitive in, in South Bend or the one that was struggling to put away UNLV. And maybe UNLV, I'm, I'm selling short, right? It's, it's early in the season and we just don't know. Um, and, and, you know, I think Jack Plummer is, you know, the, a serviceable quarterback, but I don't know if he, you know, is, is there such thing as a college game manager? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? You know, like, I don't think he's going to win you games. I don't know if he's going to lose you games. Um, so what does that, what does that mean in terms of driving an outcome in this game? Uh, I, you know, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to be curious to see how Arizona handles it. Plus with Jaden Ott, you know, a, a super talented running back that's going to, you know, challenge the Arizona defense to stop the run. Well, they just came off of maybe one of their, their stiffest challenges in terms of stopping the run against North Dakota state and how much yeah, they, they didn't do great though. <laughs> well, but they, they, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that Cal's uh, um, offense will be less uh, perfect at execution <laughs> um, than North Dakota State was. Uh, it's going to be a different thing, but it was a it, you know it's a challenge for you know the guys that you know we we talked about during the the recap of the North Dakota State game with like Jacob Manu getting in there and and shooting the gaps and some of the defensive line guys trying to figure some things out of how to how to stop a, a talented running back, right? Yeah. Um, so like all of these games are building upon each other and building experience for for this Arizona defense. Uh, that I'm really curious to see how they're able to handle that. And also, you know, if Arizona can keep pressuring the quarterback, like they've done pretty well through three games uh, with the front seven, uh, especially the defensive line, you know, do you force Jack Plummer into some unintended mistakes or, you know, we've been pretty good at forcing turnovers and that could be the thing that swings this game. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, this has the makings of similar to the San Diego state game or even the North Dakota state one where the thought is if you can force them to do something they don't want to do, if you can force them to put the ball in the air by getting an early lead, having maybe a two score lead, then you can get those mistakes, right? Like that's how it was in San Diego state going. You're like, okay, well, if Arizona can get up on them, like they don't want to throw the ball a lot. They're a running team. Now Cal is not quite the running team that San Diego state was. And we know they're not the type of running team that North Dakota state is, but I imagine, yeah, if you can put the game on Jack Plummer's right shoulder, he's solid. But if you can make him have to win the game, can he do it? And that's where Arizona's front seven that has been pretty good, like you said, about getting pressure on the quarterback and has been opportunistic in the secondary. Can they make those plays? So, you know, talent-wise, I don't know. I don't know if Arizona, like last week we knew Arizona had more high-end talent than North Dakota State did. And that showed itself, especially at the skill position, why Arizona's receivers are running free, like we talked about. I don't know if that's the case against Cal because Cal is a Pac-12 team, you know, <laughs> and they've been in this system. Justin Wilcox, especially defensively, has been building this thing for six seasons now. So they may not be the best team in the conference. In fact, I'm sure they're not the best team in the conference, but they have that, you know, I figure if you think of where Arizona could be in six years or five years from now, think of what, you know, and like Rob was saying, Cal is not as good as people wanted them to be this far along, but they're solid in those areas. So can Arizona's offense, can the offensive line, which was okay last week, like we talked, like they were okay against North Dakota State. They weren't great. Are they going to be facing a better front seven? Quite possibly. You know, is that secondary for Cal going to be better than what they faced last week? I would assume so. So can Arizona's offense do what it did, maybe even slightly better, more consistently? That's the question, because I do think Arizona's defense is probably good enough to not get in a shootout in this one. <laughs> I think Arizona's defense isn't bad. Are they good? Well, I mean, I guess they kind of have been the first few games, but they're not bad. We know that. Can the offense be good? 
And that to me is going to be the difference because I think Arizona, like Cal's strength is defense. Arizona's strength is offense. But I think the gap between Arizona's defense and Cal's offense isn't as wide as the gap between Arizona's offense and Cal's defense could be. And that's what needs to happen if Arizona's going to win. I mean, I'm not even convinced that Arizona's strength through three games has been the offense over the defense so far, to be honest. Um, but, you know, like, I'd, I'd even go back to the Mississippi State game. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think Cal's defensive front against the run is better than Mississippi State's, most likely. Right. Right. Um, so I think there's 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 experience to be gained from each of these games. Uh, you know, San Diego State's def- defensive front. You know, the talent is there. They've 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 looked a little questionable uh, in their in their game last week, but I don't think we know who San Diego State fully is as a team. But we, I think we know that defense is still pretty talented. Um, so it's going to be how does Arizona develop a little bit? You know, the running backs were hitting the holes a little bit harder against North Dakota State, breaking a few tackles. Is that because of the running backs learning is that the offensive line getting better is it north dakota state just not having the same talent as a as a power five school you know i think this game will go a long way to kind of telling us what that trajectory is and like you know the, the interesting thing here is i think for both teams um i think arizona fans already viewed it this way as a, as kind of a swing game on what the what defines a successful season and like what the, the ceiling is I don't know if I think Cal fans are suddenly realizing the same <laughs> about this game, but maybe came in with the opposite perspective going in. Um, but like, if you're if you want to sniff at a bowl eligible Arizona team this year, you know this game's real important, right? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. If, if you don't win this, it's real hard to get to six wins, and that's not to say it won't be a successful season because I think it already kind of has been, <laughs> um, you know, for what our expectations were. But you know, the difference between five wins as your ceiling or six wins as your ceiling very well may be this game. Yeah. And when the season started before, before any game was played, when you looked at the schedule, you thought, okay, two and one wasn't out of the realm of possibility. Some people are like, if you could go three and oh, wow. But two and one was very reasonable, right? Cause North Dakota state best FCS team, but we thought an improved Arizona could beat them. Improved Arizona did beat them. Same thing with San Diego state. But then you looked at the start of Pectel and said, Ooh, at Cal versus Colorado. That could be two wins. <laughs> like Colorado looks just awful. Like I'm embarrassed that Arizona lost to Colorado last year because of how bad Colorado is this year, <laughs> right? And even in Arizona, if they could have scored, not you know, first and goal from the one yard line, they could have punched it in before the half. They probably win that game. But regardless, like Colorado is dreadful, and it's weird to say that Arizona should beat a team handily. But right now, as things stand, that's a win. You look at Colorado, Cal though. We'll see, because if you pencil the Colorado as a win, now you have three wins. That's why, like to your point, Cal was such a big one, because do I look at Arizona as being a better team? I think so, because I know Arizona's offense can be really good, and the defense has been surprisingly solid, or at least made it surprising. They were solid last year, but it has been that level still, has remained solid. And I just don't know if I trust Cal, because especially their strength of schedule, they've played one road game, and it was at Notre Dame, who probably isn't that great this season. It's still Notre Dame. It's still a tough place to play, but they lost. Hanging on against UNLV and beating UC Davis isn't really anything to write home about. So I guess Cal's 2-1 and one start more of a mirage than Arizona's. Probably. Probably. Just the question is, you know, is Arizona truly a team that is better than Cal? Is Arizona past Cal? Because we can't really judge much from last year's game again with these two teams. And it is a road game. So I... Yeah. For Arizona's bowl eligibility and just for our perception of what Arizona is, this is a really big game because 
yeah, like Cal might be the bottom third of the conference. Is Arizona in the middle third? And that's what a game like this could tell us. Yeah, I, I think Arizona and Cal are like meeting at this weird point where they're a very it's it's good it's a good barometer game yeah. I think for both teams. I agree, right? Like I I think I'm you know I I I admittedly don't know Cal's roster with nearly the level of detail I know Arizona's roster, but right. you know I I would imagine that like you know let's start at the quarterback spot with the two new transfer quarterbacks. I think I'm going to take Jaden Delora on a good day over Jack Plummer on a good day every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Every time. Um, no, that's not to say that Jaden Delora is not going to be the guy that occasionally loses you a game. Right. But if I'm going to go on the road and have a, and want to, and want to try to have play to win <laughs> and not just play, not to lose, I think I'd rather have Jaden Delora. And I think, you know, for all of Cal's upgrades, I think Arizona's talent at the skill level positions, even if it's young is, is, is borderline elite if, if it's just inexperienced. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a curious game uh, to kind of see, you know, like I, I, I think you phrased it as strength on strength of Arizona's offense versus is versus Cal's defense. But I think a big aspect of this is going to be, as it is almost every week, who's going to control the run game and who's going to have the ball in their hands. And if Arizona can't stop the run um, and try to make Jack Plummer beat you, that's a different thing and a different game. Uh to go against a tough uh, a tough Cal defense, which I think that's going to be a good test for Arizona's receivers too. And we'll see if Tedero McMillan can take the lessons learned from playing a, a physical SEC defense and a physical North Dakota State defense and go against, you know, he's not going to get a break against the Cal secondary and, and same with Jake McCowing, no. right? It's going to be, it's going to be, this this game is such a good barometer of where the program is headed and what the, the floor and ceiling is going to be this year. I think it applies to both teams. Yeah, I think so. And it is kind of, in some ways, it's like looking at a mirror only there. They probably shouldn't be on Arizona's level right now. You know, Cal should have things more figured out than they do this far in the Justin Wilcox era. But in terms of just these teams and the changes, like it's it's not going to be the same game we saw last year between these teams for a lot of reasons, but basically because they're completely different teams. So like when I look at this game, I guess I see it as if similar to last week, if Arizona plays a clean game, then they should win. If Arizona keeps the penalties to a minimum, they only had the one last week, you know, that was accepted and doesn't turn the ball over. If you don't give Cal a short field, if you make them go 75 yards, you know, 65, 75 yards a drive, if not more, then I think Arizona wins this game. And that's where you mentioned how Delora has a, he can win you games, but he also has the potential to lose games. If he doesn't lose them this game, then I think Arizona wins. And as I wrote for AC Desert Swarm this week, I'm big on Delora. So I, I think he is the guy for them. And I think last week was such a step forward for him, especially with the running game. Like we talked about his ability to run, his willingness to run them, making that a part of the game plan makes this offense that much more dynamic and also makes it that much more safe where he's not necessarily going to put the ball in, in danger on those right. scrambles. So that's why I think Arizona has that step forward. I think Arizona wins this one 27-17. That's my prediction for this one. I just feel like Arizona's offense is good enough to do enough against Cal's defense, and I think Arizona's defense will be good enough to limit Cal's offense. Yeah, I think the I think your point is well taken of Jaden Delora making smart decisions to not risk making a you know having a not clean game in terms of turnovers. I think Arizona's defense has also proved itself adept at forcing turnovers. Pull out the the cactus sword, um, you know, Arizona's turnovers they've gotten this year so far have been mostly truly forced and not a lot of just, you know, random gifts that, that fell in their lap. Um, I'm, I'm curious to watch that in this game. Cause I think that could be a, a really 
deciding factor. Um, I, I, you know, the other, the other challenges going on the road, but Arizona at, you know, when they went to San Diego state, they looked like a confident team in a, in a, in a new environment with a, an excited fan base. And they, they went out and performed. Right. So I don't, I'm, I'm curious to see how, if there's any impact of Arizona traveling on the road to Berkeley. So it's a homecoming game for Berkeley, but I can't imagine their fans are any more fired up than San Diego state's were to open Snapdragon stadium. Yeah. It's, it's not like the same as going to, you know, homecoming in Autzen or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, or, or any time in November in Corvallis. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I have, you know, Arizona winning this game as well as I were, we should tip our caps. We are three for three, I think in our, in our picks so far, at least indeed uh, we are straight up games. Not to um, mention the score, but no wins and um, losses. Yes. I'm going to pick a slightly different score and a weirder score. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna imagine Ott gets some good carries and they move down the field a little bit. But Arizona's defense stiffens up and include a couple of field goals in there. And Tyler Loop will have a couple of, uh, of times where he gets field goal opportunities. So I'm gonna go with an odd, a somewhat odd score of 27 to 20 Arizona. I just said 27 17. You think 27 20 is odd? Well, you just have one more field goal for Cal. Way to, way to be strange, man. That was well. Whew. You know, you know what the strange the, the reason it's strange, Adam, is I am betting on four kick completions, at, uh, you know, made field goals by college <laughs> kickers in this game, okay. <laughs> which is when was the last time that happened, my friend? <laughs> I was just expecting I don't know, like twenty six to fifteen or something like that, or nineteen. Like, how like, the hell did Bright get to a prime number? <laughs> like missed extra points or two point conversions and a safety, you know? But you said I'd have expected an odd score of. 27 to 20. Yeah, get ready, Scorigami. Yeah, a score of 12 pi to, you know, 17.24. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so hopefully we're right on that. That'd be nice. Of course, that game is an afternoon one. It's 2.30 Arizona time at in Berkeley. We'll see what kind of environment that is at Memorial Stadium. Brett, anything else we got to talk about this week? I know, I know Colin Boswell had a press conference. Says this rehab from foot surgery is going well, so that's cool. Basketball season is just around the corner, but we don't even think about it because football's fun right now. So, like, basketball season can wait, I think. Is that is that fair to say? I mean, I don't want it to wait. because No, I'm looking forward to that, too. But it's also fun to not have the the – the default and oft mocked Arizona fan of, well, it'll be basketball season soon um, thing. It's fun to be celebrating a football team that is winning. Uh, yeah. Also, no. This would be the time where I would put in the plug that I've been saying for a while, extend Jed fish. Now just double down, make it so until it, don't wait until he's four and one <laughs> after, the, <laughs> after the Colorado game, the price is just going up. No, I, I yeah. I don't think there's too much too much else out there, um, and I'm sad that there's. I just checked, and there's not any new uh, reviews to read. No, because I was going to be ready to go with this. Of course, everyone, you can find us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ, and make sure you subscribe to us. You can catch us on iTunes or Spotify. But if you do leave a review on iTunes, we will read it on the air. And as Brett said, kind of stealing my thunder. Apparently, there are no new ones this week because we've been right. Apparently. Like we haven't said anything that's been like so objectionably like wrong or false. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, the last uh, one that called us clueless, uh, I would argue we were proven right for holding Jacob Cowing out of that spring scrimmage. Yeah. So, you know, 
You can come back, though, and tell us how we were right. Or if you think we're clueless or whatever the case may be, feel free to leave that review. And like I said, we will read it on the air. But before I sign off, once again, thanks to Rob Huang from Right for Cal. We appreciate his time and his insight into Cal. We will talk about that game against Cal and whatever else happens with Arizona Athletics over the weekend next week. So until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.